Good morning, live from Charlotte. Uh, here we are for our living as sojourners in the time of coronavirus, uh, Bible study in First Peter. And uh, I'm glad to be with you this morning once again. Um, we have been, I've been enjoying this over the last few days, and I hope you have as well. Uh, let me open us up in a time of prayer and we'll get into the word. Heavenly Father, just thank you for our ability to still interact with each other, our ability to come before you together. We just ask that as we go into your word that you would enlighten us, open our eyes and our ears to hear and see what you have for us today from your word, and we just pray your blessing upon each one of us. Be our encouragement, be our shield, uh, be our provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said, we're glad to be with you. Uh, we're here in in First Peter chapter one, and today we uh, are starting out at verse fourteen. And as I mentioned yesterday, uh, verse thirteen through chapter two, verse three are all kind of one long thought. So we've broken it up into several pieces here. And today's piece will be probably a little longer, but it's a thought within a thought, as it were. Um, if you start out looking at verse 14, you can see that it starts out with this idea, as obedient children. As obedient children. What does it mean to be an obedient child? Think about that for yourself. Uh, maybe you have children of your own. Uh, maybe you have nieces and nephews. Maybe you can remember back to when you were a child. Uh, but what does it look like to be an obedient child? Well, obedient child has has respect and reverence for their for their parent, and they do what's asked of them, right? But uh, Peter goes much deeper with this thought. He starts out by saying, "Obedient children do not conform to evil desires." Well, what are evil desires? Evil desires are. Or, as he would say, don't slip back into old patterns of living to satisfy your own desires. Uh, evil desires are those desires that don't conform to the pattern of Jesus Christ, to his desires, as, his as he is the creator, his desires for us. It's interesting, though, because in the next verse, um, or even in that verse, it says, The desires you lived with when you were in ignorance. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But then in verse 15, it says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Um, when we lived in ignorance, we didn't know a better way, but we do now. Um, there's this contrast between the old desires and the new desires. And those desires are to be holy in everything you do. What does that word holy mean? A lot of times we think of holy as, as righteous, as doing the right thing, but that's really not the same thing. There's similar ideas, but it's not the same thing. Uh, holiness has to do with, with purity. And particularly the word that's used here, as every child becomes like their father. Um, as you move down to the next verse, it says, uh, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work, impartially live out your time as foreigners here in reverent, reverent, reverent fear. 
there's several ideas in this verse, and this is probably the most complex verse here. Um, the first part of that is our Father judges us impartially. This isn't about judgmentalism or him condemning us, but it is about evaluation. Judgment's always about evaluation. You have to make judgments, right? Is this good? Is this bad? Is this what's best for me? Do I need to make another choice? In the same way, God is judging us. He's evaluating us to see, are we conforming to his image? Are we following this pattern of holiness? Are we dedicated? But it tells us God is, is impartial. That means he doesn't play favorites. I want you to think the image that came to me was the image of a dog show. Don't be insulted by this image, but the image of a dog show. When a dog is being evaluated, when he's being judged, they want to make sure that dog follows all the standards that have been set for that breed. It's not set for necessarily another breed, but that breed, what, what, what is that breed made for? And they're grouped into to types of dogs, right? Well, similarly, God judges us impartially, but he also knows what we're made for, how we're made, what we're capable of. And he doesn't play favorites, but he does know who we are. In the same way in the dog show, when they judge, they show what's lacking. But in God shows us what's lacking, but he also rewards what's holy. And he shows us what, what it means to live holy. The other part of this verse is that we are living out our time or our stay as exiles. It feels that way a little bit right now, right? We're feeling a little bit as exiles. We've been exiled from our places of work. We've been exiled from restaurants, from malls, from public gathering places, from our church buildings. Um, but we can live out holiness in the midst of our exile. It's again, this whole idea of being a sojourner or journeying home. And out of this, how are we living this out? We're living it out in reverent fear. Or some versions just say fear. But the idea is this worshipful respect of God. Which is contrasted, if you think about it, with actual fear. Which is what those who don't belong to Jesus feel when they approach God. There's anxiety. There's trepidation. We don't have to come to God like that. We can come to him with worshipful reverence and awe. And respect for who he is um, because we have been redeemed we've been ransomed we've left that empty way of life that our forefathers gave us I want you to notice here the contrast between the forefathers and our Heavenly Father they've given us an empty way of life but God has given us a whole way to live where we become whole by him and this all comes by the precious blood of Jesus that's poured out for us. He taking our sacrifice. That costly, valuable, no amount of money is sufficient blood. Because he is the only one that can pay the price of our sin. And it tells us that he's without blemish or defect. Again, this whole idea of holiness. We weren't bought with gold or silver that perishes that loses its value, but we are bought with the precious blood of Jesus. We've been redeemed. This was God's plan from the beginning. And if we believe in God, he becomes our father.
In faith and hope, we trust in what is to come. So my question to you this morning is, how much do you look like your Heavenly Father? Are the spiritual genetics obvious? If you look at genetics, there's certain traits that are passed down from the father to the children or the mother to the children. But are those spiritual genetics, are they evident? Can we see the passing down? Is it clear that we're dedicated, that we're holy like God is? My second question is, is how precious is the blood of Jesus to you? Do you consider it dearly, beloved, of greatest value? Because it's the blood that cures all of our woes. It cleanses sin and all its effects, including sickness and death. And today, now more than ever, do we need a touch of this precious blood of Jesus to heal us, to give us lasting life. Thank you for being with us this morning. We'll catch you here again tomorrow at 930. God bless.